Isaiah 26 has got this lovely verse, Isaiah 26. And uh, verse three says, uh, you, as in God, will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast on you because he trusts in you. Say perfect peace. Oh, it sounds idyllic, doesn't it? Perfect peace. Biblical peace literally means this, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what peace means. Nothing, say to yourself, nothing missing, nothing broken. Just, just, you know, tap your heart, say nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what God wants for you. Okay, be really brave with me now. Tap your head and go, nothing missing. Anybody got a few screws on the floor? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Him whose mind is steadfast on you. In other words, the Bible teaches us that we can live in a way that we live in perfect peace if we live God's way. But who knows that life is stressful at times? Anybody? Uh, I knew I was stressed when I was in Toys R Us, sorting out a little plastic guitar and I just was not getting the customer service that I thought I should be getting so I knew I was a little stressed when I was about to dive over the counter and throttle this little tiny woman who was not giving me the information about batteries that I want and I kind of walked away going Cooper you are stressed you know when you react in ways that you're not proud of and we end up living in just Brian Houston, leader of one of the world's biggest churches, Hillsong, very famous. We were thinking of changing our name here to Hullsong to see if it gets more members. It's that big. Uh, Hillsong, Brian Houston said, I, was, I realized I was stressed when I was wrestling around with one of my parishioners because it, it was a, a guy who was trying to sell drugs to their youth. So he had enough one Sunday morning and you could find Brian Houston beating up this guy on the drive of the church. Not his proudest moments. We all have moments when we think, how did I get to this state. I'm stressed. Anybody ever been there? The reality is, um, studies show us that, listen to this, 75% of visits to our GPs find their root in stress. Please note, I didn't say 40. That would be amazing. I didn't say 50. I said 75% of visits to our local GP have their root in stress. The Wall Street Journal has shown us recently that um, more people will die from stress-related illness than will die from smoking and alcohol combined. It is a massive epidemic in our world today. The reality is that Jesus came to bring peace. Amen. Amen. So if we find out how to live life God's way, we can have God's peace in this world. Amen. Jesus didn't come to make you feel guilty. Do you feel good about that? Because yeah. some of us think that's what Christianity is. Jesus came to bring us peace, perfect peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. We live in a broken world. Jesus came to fix it. And so I want to talk about stress, anxiety, and depression because it is a really massive subject in our world today. And I'm just going to really in half an hour touch on it. But let's see if we can get some important things out uh, of this to learn today. Chronic stress and anxiety, ongoing stress and anxiety can even lead to depression. Just listen to these symptoms for a moment. If you are constantly tearful, hopeless, apathetic, unmotivated. I feel like I'm describing a student. Anyway, um, just, oh, sorry. 
There won't be many here. Don't do that to me. Tearful, hopeless, apathetic, unmotivated, overwhelmed, hopeless, morose, irrational fears. Can't make decisions. If you're stood in the supermarket wondering, which potato shall I buy? I just can't decide. And it's driving you to tears. I don't, every woman's thinking, well, my man is always like that. You know, what deodorant to buy? There's just too many. You can't make decisions, can't concentrate, irritable, impatient, aches and pains, tiredness, loneliness, insomnia, even eating disorders, loss of perspective, and even suicidal. If you're getting these kind of symptoms for more than three weeks, then there's a good chance that you're depressed. Um, first thing, go and see your GP. What causes it? Chronic stress and anxiety, ongoing stress, living under pressure, trauma, illness, bereavement, a major loss, a major career difficulty, abuse, some illnesses or vitamin deficiencies cause it. Um, one in five people will experience depression, but most of us will be touched by it through a family member or a friend at some point. Understanding something about depression is really important for all of us because it's massive in this world. If you have ever got or you are depressed, I want you to understand this morning, you're in good company. Depression is the disease of the good and the strong. Because it's people that have tried to be too good for too long that classically get depressed. Trying to hold it, to, oh, somebody's pleased this morning, trying to hold it together for everyone else. And actually you've never looked after yourself properly. And here's the good point. The Bible here, even though it's full of selfless stuff, it's also about how to look after you well. People like Winston Churchill got depressed. Abraham Lincoln, Oliver Cromwell, Michelangelo, Ernest Hemingway, Buzz Aldrin, the astronaut, even John Bon Jovi. Harrison Ford, if Indiana Jones can get depressed, anyone can get depressed. Let's be honest about it. And then the one that won't surprise any of you, Morrissey. <laughs> exactly. You just listen to the songs and you get that the guy's depressed. But listen, let's go, let's go look at the Bible. Elijah, one of our great heroes, was suicidal. If that flickers, just switch it to black. It'll be all right, rather than... You can't stop it flickering. All right, well, just enjoy it. Somebody has a fit, just pray for them quick, you know. Um, Elijah, one of our heroes, suffered from depression. There he was confronting large amounts of enemies, but then the next minute he's suicidal. King David, who would fight a bear and a lion and defeat a giant, we also find that he cried all night. I mean, these are tough men. These are soldiers. These are warriors crying all night. So even our heroes from the Bible experience depression. We've got to realize it's part of the human condition that we can experience. But let's understand this. God is also a healer. And just like he can heal a bad back or a bad arm, he can, he can heal a mind that's struggling and going through difficult times. Amen? Amen. So what do we need to do? How can we live so that we can beat stress and anxiety and ultimately out of those things? partly uh, uh, help us to rise above depression and live above that sort of thing. But let me give you some pointers on stress and anxiety this morning. Uh, and then we'll have a few words about depression at the end. Number one, live well. Say live well. You've got to live well. If you go to your GP with depression, stress, anxiety, the first thing they're going to say is, are you sleeping well? Are you exercising? And everybody goes, oh, no. Exercise, I don't know about you. A treadmill sounds like the worst thing in the world. All that energy and you've gone nowhere. 
But listen, exercise is really important. Uh, you can easily go through your 20s and your 30s with, with uh, a lack in exercise and a lack in eating well. Turn to the person next to you say, eat well. You're really not enjoying this preach this morning, are you? Eat well. You've got to look after this body. The Bible calls it the temple of the Holy Spirit, the place where God lives. Look after it because you abuse it in your 20s and your 30s. Then you get to your 40s and your 50s and you're full of habits and patterns and ways of living and it's hard to shift them. But guys, a stroke is a stroke. A heart attack is a heart attack. These are big, powerful, difficult things. The head of Coca-Cola was talking about life and he said, life is like juggling balls. We juggle our spirituality and our family and our career and our health and all these kinds of things. He says, you've got to realize in life, actually, most of the things that we juggle are made of rubber. They'll bounce back if we drop them, except for our health. Health is a glass ball. If you drop it, it smashes and it can affect you for a long time. Look after yourself. Sleep well, if you, if you don't know how to do that, I'll give you headlines. You all know that all you've got to do is Google, how can I sleep better? And it'll start by turning off the thing that you're Googling on, probably. (laughs) Says he who tweets at three in the morning, sleep better, eat better, exercise. Look after you. You're really, really important. Here's another one. In Bible school, I always used to remember them saying this, and I kind of hated it, but 25 years have proved that it's true. Your house reflects your soul. The state of your house reflects your soul. Cluttered house. Oh dear, you really are hating the preacher this morning. Don't go in my garage. Cluttered soul. Uh, Untidy house, untidy soul. Uh, Dirty car, dirty soul. You know, as students, we always used to go, oh, nonsense, rubbish. But at 25 years on, I realized I look after me like I look after my things. Same way. Do I tidy up as I go along or am I once a year spring cleaner? Do I sort out my soul once every two years? Or am I living day by day going, right, come on, reflect, live well, eat. It's not just I'll make sure I get a good sleep once a year. We've got to get into habits of living well that decrease stress in our lives. Amen. Uh, uh, And so think about how you live. Another very natural one, be among nature. Psalm 23, he, he leads me beside still, quiet waters. I was watching Bear Grylls take Zac Efron out into the, uh, you know, uh, who Zac Efron were all wondering, oh, I don't know, he must be some cool dude, out into the, the mountains somewhere. And Bear Grylls said to him, have you realized now you're out here, you've got no mobile signal, your agent can't call you, you're not stressing about your latest Facebook update, you're just thinking about where you're going to put your foot next here in this countryside, looking at the views and wondering what the next meal is going to be. When has your mind been that empty? And Zach said, not in a long, long time. We live with information overload, city overload, pressure overload. We're not used to just completely buzzing down anymore. I loved being in Bulgaria the other week because for a week, I just thought about the mountains and skiing and where Zach was going to crash next. It was very relaxing. Actually, it was just to not think about work, not worry, just think about what am I going to do for my next activity and what's my next meal going to be? When's the last time you calmed down that much? And I'd say, get into the countryside. God planted a garden, not a city. 
find ways to relax in these very natural ways. But then let me do some work on on the mind. So the first one is live well. These basic things, you could Google them, how to live well, how to de-stress. They're all there. But let's do some ones about our mind and our spirit and our heart. And here's my second point then. The second one is this, be present. When people are very future focused, you can get very stressed. If you constantly live like I would, I'm an ambitious, dreamy, sort of future focused, visionary person. But the problem with that is that you can get to the place where you live constantly waiting for the day to come when something's different. Anybody ever been there? And that constant hankering, that, that, that posture in life where, listen to this, I will be happy when is really dangerous. Why? Because I've just given my power of happiness away to something that doesn't even exist yet and may never. And it stresses us. And so here's what we need to do. Be present. Live in the now. Right now, here in Cineworld Screen 4 in Kingswood, here with you fantastic people, is the happiest moment I could experience right now. I'm loving the red comfy seats. I'm loving the bright lights so I can barely see any of you. I'm loving the music. I'm loving the people in the room. This is a great moment. Slow down and live in this room. I'm liking the shiny pulpit. We've got to learn to calm down and not constantly think, I'll be happy when the house is bigger, the car's bigger, the children are grown up, we've got no children, whatever it is that you want, Uh, you know, different husband, different wife, different life. We can constantly hanker. Hankering is a stressor. And hope deferred constantly makes the heart sick because this is what subtly happens. As we begin to live with a posture for the future, by the time you get to the future, you're still in a posture for the future. So even when you get there, it doesn't make you happy because you've designed your psyche to appreciate the fact that I am living constantly for the future and it creates stress. Enjoy today. You'll never have it again. The reason it's called the present is because it's a gift. Enjoy it right now. God's given you this moment. There could be no better place to be. Turn to the person next to you and say, I like being here with you. Poor John's on his own, look there. I like being here with you, John. It's great to be present. And to continue that, I'm going to deal with the mind for a few points here. Here's my third point then. And they all come out of this biblical thought that as a man thinks, so is he. If you think like it, you'll become like it. So number one, be present. Don't hanker for when you win the lottery or hanker for when you've got this job or that sort of that. You've got to train yourself to be happy today. No one can make you happy and no one can take your happiness You have the power to be happy. It's up to you. So my third point is this. Reframe your thoughts. Put a different frame around the thoughts that you think. Because some of us can get into a grumpy frame. Anybody ever been there? Oh, you look so... Oh, two honest people in the middle. The rest of you are lying. You... We can get grumpy. Joel Osteen, who you can't imagine being grumpy, can you? The biggest smile in the world. But Joel Osteen, American preacher, he was getting grumpy because his kids would come down to his bedroom and hear the patter of these feet too early in the morning and they'd be pattering towards his bed and he'd go, oh, Victoria, you can imagine him. Well, I can't actually being grumpy. 
can we just get the kids to stay in their room? And he was getting grumpier and grumpier. He was beginning to fixate on something with a grumpy frame around it. And his wife said, look, Joel, there'll come a day when you wish little feet were pattering towards your bedroom. Reframe that thought and start to enjoy it. And he said, you're right. I've taken something that's just part of life and I've put despair and grumpiness around it. I need to pull that frame off and I need to put hope around it. It's a good thing. I've got kids. They're packed. They want, they want it. They'll come a day when I'm going, don't you want to patter towards my room? Not really, dad. I'm off on my bike. It won't last that long. There's something that you're getting stressed and grumpy about and the grumpiness is your choice. And it won't change. So you have to choose to reframe that thought with hope. Okay, hope is more important than air. You can't live without it. You'll live in despair. It will lead you into stress, anxiety, and ultimately depression. Reframe that frustration with hope and joy. It's good to be where you're at. Okay, because only when you're happy where you're at. Will you be happy to move on into more things that God has got for you? Remember a friend of mine, he, he um, had a terrible, um, well, the reality is it, uh, it, it, they took out a load of his colon. We called him semicolon after that. They, they took out about eight inches. Of his colon burst, that was it. I'm trying to find the words. So they took out a load of his colon and they stitched him up like a teddy bear. Literally had grips all down there that you could run your finger up anyway. And, um, but I remember we went to see him in, in, in hospital. And, and a friend of mine who was a doctor said, as we were heading towards the hospital, he said, there's a sports shop, just hang on. This guy that was in hospital was a marathon runner. So we popped into the sports shop and he said, I just want to buy a running shirt. And I'm like, why do you want to buy a running shirt? The guy's in hospital. He said, you'll see. And we went in, got by his hospital bed, started to talk to him. He was a bit down, of course. And then my friend Nigel said, look, I've got you this. We're going to put it at the end of the bed. And I want you to wake up every morning and say, I'll run again reframe your thoughts. I'll run again. Put hope around what you're going through. It will get better. Amen. Reframe them. Number four, again, to do with our thoughts. This is really important. Number four, don't believe everything you think. Stop believing everything you think. You know, our, our software and our computer uh, equipment here uh, at the church um, uh, is networked and all this kind of stuff. It's all more convoluted than I understand. But there are people that have administration rights. They have power to control and fix and change the software and the networks that we use. They have admin rights, administration rights. Understand this about your mind. Take administration rights over your thoughts. They don't just happen to you. You don't have to believe everything you think. Take control over them. The Bible puts it this way. Take every thought captive. Don't believe everything you think. Your mind will spew up all kinds of things out of your subconscious, out of things that somebody said years ago, out of you don't know, didn't even know where it came from, from some TV show you watched 30 years ago, and suddenly, at just the wrong time, up will pop a little thought, and you'll suddenly think, well, why am I thinking that? You'll take hold of it, we can harbour it, we can focus on it, and there's an important point, what you focus on grows. Focus on grumpiness, it's going to grow. Focus on hope, it's going to grow. It's how your mind works. And so um, focus 
on the good. Take control. Don't harbor it. Reject stinking thinking. You're not loved. Nobody loves you. I'm loved. Reframe that thought. I just look in the mirror every day and say, well, who couldn't love this? Listen, you've got to get a bit cheeky with your mind. Otherwise, it'll play games with you. Every one of us is up prone to insecure thoughts and stinking thinking. And we think badly of ourselves. Why? Because basically humanity is broken. But listen, Jesus died for you. And if you were the only one in the world, he'd still die for you because he loves you. You're important. You're precious. So look in the mirror. Even when you've got a zit like Vesuvius coming out on your nose, just say, well, that's got to be the best looking zit I ever did see. <laughs> Reframe your think. Take admin rights over what your mind thinks. I refuse to think badly of myself. Something that leads to stress and anxiety and ultimately depression is shame. Look in the mirror every day, go, I am forgiven. Computer software, you get this right down into your whatever it is you're made of. I am forgiven. Jesus talked about pathways. And you know, there are pathways in our mind. And it said that when the seed of his word fell on a hard pathway, the word couldn't enter. It just got stolen. So the truth coming from a pulpit or from a Bible can't really get in. Why? Because there are well-trodden pathways that we've walked so much. It's hard. You understand what I mean? And it's true of the neural pathways in our minds too. Our minds are made up of neural pathways, ways of thinking that we've learned from very, very young. And we've been up and down certain paths so many times, you do lots of things automatically. You're actually often living guilt automatically. Just like you shower and shave and dry in the morning automatically because you've done it so many times. Just like you can walk around your house in the dark and go around all the furniture. Why? Because you've done it so many times. Of course, that's until your wife moves the furniture and that night you trip over clock your head. But just like you train yourself and it's now subconscious, you have to think, well, how do I start shaving? I don't know about you. I start just here. Maybe some of you start here. And you shave in a certain pattern. Ladies, how do you shave? <laughs> Change the subject. We have these little neural pathways literally in our minds, but it's the same with how we think about lots of things. Some of us are neurotic about sickness. For 20, 30 years, you've trained your mind to worry every time you get an ache and pain. It's going to be cancer. It's going to be cancer. Some of us are big worriers about money. And we've trained our minds so much, literally, neurologically, we automatically, our mind now, now knows now automatically, as soon as we've got a bill, that we're kind of, how are we going to pay that? We head down worry street. Why? The body is going, we know what to do when this happens. We head down worry street. Listen, you have to tear up old pathways in your mind. Whatever your weak areas of thinking are, as a man thinks, so is he. Decide, right, this year, I know I'm a worrier about sickness, or I know I'm a worrier about finances, or I know I'm a worrier about my kids. Whatever the area is, I'm going to tear that up and begin to think like God teaches me to think. When you do that, you begin to find peace. Why? Because he will keep in perfect peace. Him whose mind is steadfast on him. If we can train ourselves to think as God thinks about the bill or about the ache or the pain or about the kids or about the situation with our job, if we think like God, let me tell you what you'll always have. Peace. Yeah. Nothing missing, nothing broken.
Amen? So uh, uh, don't believe everything you think. Here's, here's another one. And we're getting close to the end now. Number five, manage you well. Let me give you all the ones that I've said so far. Live well. Be, uh, you know, exercise, sleep, all that kind of stuff. Be present. Live in the now. Reframe your thoughts with hope. Um, don't believe everything you think. Manage you well. Life is about energy management, not time management. We're all really different. Tell the person next to you, I thank God I'm not like you. Go on, turn to them and say, we're different. We're all, we all have different capacities. I learned a long time ago that I simply could not work hard enough to be doing 80, 90 hour weeks like some leaders of countries and leaders of big business. I have no desire, I don't have the energy. You've got to discover you and live your life. This can be interesting with husbands and wives, that one might be more energetic than the other. One might be extrovert, the other might be introvert. One gets energized in five minutes of being with other people and suddenly they're raring to go again. Another one says, well, no, I need about two hours on my own to recover. Appreciate our differences starts with appreciate me. This is how I rest. This is how I manage my time. This is how I live well. Um, you've got to look after you to live well. It's not selfish to look after you. The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you're not looking after you, you can't look after your neighbor. Have you ever been on a plane and they're doing that little uh, pre-flight thing about, you know, if you crash, do this, that, the other, and you think, well, if we're doing that, it's going to go out of my mind immediately. You know, and while the plane is heading down towards the sea, it says that uh, oxygen masks are going to drop. And, and it always says this. It says, uh, it says, put your own oxygen mask on first before helping someone else. If you don't look after you, you can't help someone else. Look after you. Rest well. Learn to say no really well. Don't compare your energies with other people's energies. Learn to live with what God's given you and enjoy it. Amen? God look after you well. You've got to manage you well. And then as we come to a close, a few thoughts on depression. If stress, anxiety, trauma, conflict, loss has become depression, let me just say a few points. Number one, it's okay. We know that if we put too much pressure on an arm, it will break. We've got to realize if you put too much pressure on the psyche, it will break as well. Now, it's a hard one because other people can't see it. It's an invisible breakage, okay? But it's completely normal. If King David would weep through the night, if Elijah was suicidal, even our great heroes ex experience what extreme pressure can do to the psyche. It's okay. It's part of life. But here's the thing, your mind will mend. Hope is the most important thing to you if you're depressed this morning. I want to tell you this, you will get better because that is the one big thing you think, am I going to be like this forever? Is this now the new me? No, you will mend. Just like a broken leg mends, your mind will mend. You'll get better. Number two, do all of the things that I've spoken about above to, to live well. You know, 
If you can, join a gym. Oh Lord, help us. I just sit in the jacuzzi in mine, but there you go. I do play squash. Do what you enjoy to get yourself out there. Sleep well, exercise well, do what you can. Understand, be kind to yourself because I think of it like this, when you're depressed, it's like driving a car, but the dashboard is broken. So none of the dials are telling the truth. You've got to understand that what you're thinking about yourself right now isn't great and isn't quite right. So listen, be kinder to yourself than you think you should be. It's part of getting through it and getting better. Amen. Number three, visit your church. Go to church, worship, and the atmosphere of faith like this gives you hope. And hope is what's going to help you get better. Go to church. Number four, visit your GP. Okay, there'll be a little test uh, just to see if there's some, it could be a thyroid issue or arthritis or a vitamin deficiency. It's worth testing those things out, but see your GP. I would say, here's a a little note, because of the, the pressure, I believe personally, because of the pressure that GPs are under, they'll prescribe antidepressants too easily and too quickly. That's my personal belief. But if you know what's causing depression, if you can fix it without antidepressants, that's great. If, if, you, if you find that you need them, that's okay too. But if you can fix it without antidepressants, that's great. Why? Because here's the subtle thing. If you take antidepressants, then you have another thing that you have to then fix at some point. And the subtle posture in life can be this. I don't feel I can be happy unless I'm taking these. But here's the truth is you will mend and you will fix. Okay? You will mend and you will fix. But go and see your GP and talk to them. It's great. Number five, to friends, to spouses. Listen, I'd say this. Never say, snap out of it. Pull yourself up, you know, together. Kind of just just sort yourself out. Why? Because, well, it's like telling someone with a broken arm, just pick up that heavy object. Go on, just bash through, get through it and pick it up. Well, I can't. My arm's broken. And it's the same with people who are depressed. They're morose because what they're going through is making them morose. Help them by surrounding them with hope. Like you put a pot on a leg, put a pot on their mind of hope. You'll get through. We'll get through. It'll get better. You're not going to be like this forever. You will feel better soon. Help them with hope. Okay, that's what you got to give them. Um, Number six, be around good people, good company, people that give you good energy. Don't just be alone with your thoughts. Nothing's going to make you more morose than just being alone with your thoughts, thinking about what's wrong with you. Get out and uh, enjoy good company. Number seven, do stuff to help you take your thought off what's going on. Podcast, Bible, UCB radio, come on. Um, Go back to your childhood a bit. Pick up some old hobbies. Make an Airfix model again. Do stuff that occupies your mind. And here's the last one I'd say. Understand this on your journey out of depression. You will get better. At first, your bad days will outnumber your good. Then you'll start to get 50-50. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Then you'll look back and realize, hey, my good days are outnumbering my bad. And then listen, you will look back and go, hey, you know what? For six months, for nine months, for a year, I've not been to that dark place again. I'm getting better. This is the reality. You will get better. And I want to tell you this morning, God is part of you getting better. Amen. Amen. Deal with stress. Deal with anxiety before it becomes depression. Live well. 
They kind of say that you need to burn out once or twice before you realise when you're overdoing it. Learn to look after you. You are really important. Amen. Let's stand together in the presence of God just for a few moments. And just close your eyes. We're going to pray for a few moments and maybe sing in a moment just as we're coming to a conclusion. Live well. Be present. Reframe your thoughts. Don't believe everything you think. Manage you well. If you find yourself in depression, look, you will get better. Number one thing to do is stop feeling ashamed about what you're going through. It's normal. Loads of our heroes have been through it and they changed the world. So have hope. Have hope. Just close your eyes in God's presence. I want you to understand Jesus understands the brokenhearted. He's good news. He's good mercy this morning. He's kindness available to you. Just in the presence of God, listen to this. This is God and how he interacts with you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to understand this morning, the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. And he wants you to understand what rest and restoration is. He'll restore you. Here in the presence of God, as we come to a close, while every eye is closed, if you struggle in any way with stress, I just want you to raise both hands to heaven. I'm going to pray for you this morning. If you struggle with anxiety, just lift your hands to heaven. If you're struggling with depression, lift your hands to heaven. I'll pray for you across this room. If you are... If you suspect that you might be living with depression, just raise your hands to heaven. Maybe you've had a child, postnatal depression is common. Raise your hands to heaven. Listen, you'll fix, you'll repair, you'll be restored. It's a dark, dark place. But listen, we have a God who comes into dark places and lifts us out. Lord, I ask you to pour out your kindness over all these lives this morning people struggling with stress and anxiety and depression pour out your goodness pour out your kindness and Lord even as we've just touched on the area of depression Father I just pray right now that you would give one gift to people in this room that may be going through that give them a hope right now I speak over you right now you will get better you will feel normal again hope will return 
what you're going through, millions have gone through. A fifth of the planet will go through it. What you're going through is normal. You will get better. Even suicidal thoughts, let me tell you, you will repair and get better. You keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. If you don't know Jesus this morning, then start to pray to him. Just say, God, help me, help me. I need your help this morning. You find yourself in a stressful place. You find yourself in depression because of a trauma. Let me tell you, you will repair. Even the memory can repair. Father God, let your peace flow over this room right now, this morning.